0: The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 100 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And we have an amazing guest this week, a person that I've known for a very long time. He is a phenomenal NBA trainer, perhaps to your favorite player to watch, Rob McClanahan. He trains Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook. And he trains John Wall and Kevin Love and Derek Rose, and he has a very interesting story to tell on mental health. So trust me, you guys are going to want to hear this interview that we do with Rob McClanahan, someone I've known for a long time, Syracuse grad, very well-respected in basketball circles, a, a wonderful sports fan, wonderful guy, great guy, great dad, and... We have been fired up to interview him in the past on the radio show. First time able to dive deep on the podcast. He's got a great book out. Trust me, you guys are going to love it. Rob McClanahan is a featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast. And it's late April. And I just love this month. Such an amazing month when it comes to sports with... Everything going on in all the different sports, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. First round, Nets, Celtics, most anticipated first round series of of all time. Baseball season is off to an incredible start. Obviously, beginning of the month with the Masters and, and college basketball. The NHL is winding down in the regular season. And we have, in my opinion, the most wide open NFL draft I've ever seen the most wide open unpredictable NFL draft I have ever ever seen I mean we are as we record this on a Wednesday eight days away from the start of the draft and there's still major debate on what Jacksonville is going to do with that number one overall pick I mean if I'm the Jags I I would take Aiden Hutchinson. I wouldn't even think twice about it, but there's a lot of conversation. They might go with Walker. They might do something different, go with an offensive tackle. The Giants and Jets, the New York teams, are in really good positions. They each have two picks in the top 10. Giants fans finally have the right GM and head coach for the First time in a decade. I'm fascinated to see where the quarterbacks go. You know, we've had Kenny Pickett on the Adam Schein podcast. We've had Desmond Ritter on the Adam Schein podcast. I'm telling you, those guys, in addition to Malik Willis, are going to get picked in in the first round. You know, there's a weird draft, a lot of unknown. You know, you could end up having five, six, seven receivers go in the first round, but only you could have none selected. In the 1st nine, ten picks of the draft. So that's kind of unique. I don't expect a running back going in in the first round. You know I'm pro. A running back being selected in in the first round of the draft. So the drama and the intrigue when it comes to this draft is is second to none. But, you know, at some point, I I think the Jets and Joe Douglas, who seems to be more of a a myth than results-oriented, some point he's going to have to hit here. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of talk about how much people like Joe Douglas. Some point it's gotta be a results oriented business. And also, I think it's important to note, with regards to the wide receivers who could be traded, because looking at, at guys like Debo Samuel, who, as we speak, is requesting a deal, so buckle up, you know, then you start taking a look at A.J. Brown, who I would never trade if I'm Tennessee, you know, you start taking a look at D.K. Metcalf, uh, Terry McLaurin, the fourth-year wide receivers, It's and all the money that's being thrown out at the wide receiver position... This is going to be very fascinating here on a lot of levels over the next eight days in the NFL. Rob McClanahan, featured guest on the Adam Schein podcast, and he joins us next. Hey, everyone. Lindsey Rhodes here getting set for the NFL draft coming up right around the corner. If you, like me, are counting down the days, then you're going to love my podcast. It's called the NFL Roadshow. It's every Thursday, and we are deep in the weeds of the draft these days, talking to experts about the prospect, what your team needs, draft philosophies, team building strategies, all the good stuff that makes us smarter football fans. Hope you'll check it out. Subscribe and listen wherever you stream your podcasts. The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast is someone that I've known for a very long time. Syracuse grad, legendary NBA skills trainer, and author, and he also has a very important story to share. Rob McClanahan is the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. Rob, how are you? A oh man. Legendary,
1: huh? I like that adjective.
0: Listen, I've known you for a long time. You... <laughs> You have trained some of the best and brightest in the NBA. Steph Curry, Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, among others, John Wall. And I want to talk basketball. I mean, there's a reason why we're having you on, of course, in the month of April. You know, you obviously, there's a lot that goes into the Rob McClanahan story. And, you know, you wrote something for the Players' Tribune. And I've known you fairly well for a long time. And mm-hmm. when you dropped the article that you dropped, you know, I had absolutely no idea what was going to what was going on in your life and what was in store. So, why don't you take me and the audience through the article that you wrote, your experience, mental health, everything that you've been through. Yeah,
1: um, you know, it was a long time coming. And, you know, I've been dealing with some, some stuff for, for years now. Um, it's one of those things, um, you know, you don't realize it. You know, you kind of just go on with your life, go on with your day. You suppress it, I guess. And, you know, like everyone else, you know, the COVID hit, you know, and um, things got a little worse, you know. Um, you know, a lot of things that happened in my life um, that were great, you know, three kids, you know, great job. My guys are playing well, the book. And that all looks good on the outside, right? But on the inside, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And um, when it got really bad, um, you know, I, I tried to take my own life. Uh, fortunately, uh, obviously, didn't happen. Um, and at that point, I decided, you know, uh, to get some help. You know, the first guy I called was Kevin Love, and um, you know, he really helped me out going in the right direction and kind of what he went through and you know what he did to improve himself and the main the main thing is you know i learned you got to take care of yourself first first and foremost be selfish about it because anything else is not going to matter if you don't take care of yourself so and then kevin you know and i discussed the play shipping stuff and um how many people he helped and how many people i could help you know and uh and i realized if there's a time to do that it's now you know post-covid yeah, you know, I don't even see. I don't even think we're going to see the effects for years. Quite honestly, you know, long-term effects of what, what happened to a lot of people, um, especially young people. So, so I realized I can't help people. I think people can relate to me, you know, because um, I'm just you know regular guy. You know, I'm not a celebrity per se. Um, you know, so I had the platform to do it, and the Play Tribune and I got together, and you know, worked out obviously really well, and. I mean,
0: the feedback was just I mean, un- unbelievable. I mean, overwhelming. What was the, the feedback like? I mean, I, I read it twice. I shot you a text <laughs> and said, Rob, I love you. And if you ever need to talk, and that that was how I felt as, you know, someone that you're friendly with. What, what was the feedback like? Was there one piece of feedback or one conversation that resonated with you maybe more so than others? <sighs> Yeah, honestly, it was, um, you know, people
1: that I knew, like yourself, would reach out to me, you know, but the crazy thing was nobody nobody knew what was going on, like you said. Not a clue. So the feedback, you know, from people that that, that I know, not only in the sports world, but people in my family, some of my best friends from high school, were like, whoa, you know, we, we thought everything was great. You just have three kids, you you travel the world with Steph Curry on private chats, you're in the locker room with the finals, you know, all, all looks great. You know, just but the same reaction I got, or you know, well I, I that I gave rather when Kevin Love came out with his art. You know, it's the same thing I didn't know, you know, and that's the point of it, right? To 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 not only let people know but let them know it's okay to talk about it. And that was my main thing that it's all right to discuss this and there's no stigma. And honestly, the the main the other side of it was people I had no idea I I'd never met in my life. and probably never will reach out to me, whether it's DM, whether it's email. And and it's funny, it's in the article I said, if everybody needs help, feel free to reach out. And people did, you know, and That's it was strangers. Great. And I and I did my absolute best to get back to everybody. And honestly, it was a lot of men, a lot of men, successful men, a lot of alpha men, you know, and those I think this typically the people that are really afraid, you know, t- you know, to come out with this stuff. You know, like a Kevin Love like myself. Um, but, but, you know, and I, and I realized that, you know, it did help people It did save some lives. And, you know, that's, that's the reason I did, you know, and, I, and again, I don't, especially young people in college and high school and kind of what they went through with two or three years and the isolation of it. Um, you know, I think, you know, if people start to realize that now, it might help them in two or three years, because again, I don't think we we'll to see the long-term effects of this COVID stuff you know, for a couple of years
0: now. I think you're right about the impact mentally of COVID and especially with young people. And, and I, I just, I... It was so courageous that you did it. I also love that you did it because you are, Rob. You're helping people. You're saving people. I'd say you don't even know it, but clearly you do from that response, and I yeah. I think that's great. You know, we're taping this on, on a Wednesday. You're this weekend going to speak to athletes at our alma mater at Syracuse University, and I think mm-hmm. that is great because, look, mental health is something that needs to – be embraced when it comes to athletes because you know it's always the conversation you know years ago lifetime ago i'll oh, go play go play tough it up go play whether and that's you know from a physical standpoint i mean this is a mental standpoint and that's it's so important to be in tune with that what's the message you're going to give to the athletes at syracuse university
1: yeah, so, you know, we're going to discuss uh, two things. Um, the, the first one's going to be, you know, kind of how I network myself um, out of Syracuse, you know, right away to get right now. And my whole thing is, you know, in any college, really, but especially, you know, high level uh, sports college like Syracuse, you know, at least to an athlete. So I'm, I'm speaking to all of them um, and the coaching staffs. Um, use your network, you know, whatever college you're at in this case, I was in Syracuse to help you pull over to whatever you want to do. And, you know, with me, I was, you know, the day the season ended my senior year, I asked Bayham to make some calls for me. He did. Within a week, I got a job with Seth Greenberg in South Florida. Um, you know, Pop I stayed in touch with, Trey Weaver, you know, Louie and you know, Jason Hart, and you can go on and on, obviously, yourself, Pete Namel, you know, that whole Newhouse group of was helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm going to discuss that in relationships and then the other flip a bit you know the other half of that um is going to be mental health and and, um you know john wild had you know gave me a call and this was a a big thing with him that he wanted to really discuss because with the student athletes up there you know not only did COVID affect them right they're not playing no fans that's tough some people miss their senior year right um you know so that's tough and the other part is you know being up there alone is not easy the most athletes have to stay on winter break and the isolation of it and you know, not going to class, and not. You know, one point. You know, the, the bars were open, and you know, there was there wasn't college grants wasn't there. So I really want to. My main point is going to be: listen, if you have an issue and you don't do stuff, that's normal. It's completely, completely normal. So whatever you're feeling, you know, talk to somebody about it. it doesn't I still have to be a therapist, but discuss it. You know, and and that's the thing. Let's get rid of that stigma, whether you're a man, woman, doesn't matter. Get rid of that stigma. You know, and, and and be okay to talk about it, and, and know it's okay to see what, because I think a lot of people are, and like myself, you know, I held it up way too long, and obviously got really, really bad. Uh, but fortunately, I'm here to discuss it, and that's the main thing. You know, if you're feeling this way, just just talk about it, and all that's completely normal.
0: I think that's so well said, and it's so poignant and. You know really end that stigma and if anyone needs help talk 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 to people without question rob it's it's so important i again applaud you for what you're doing in terms of making sure using your experience to help others and i i think that's great and i also love what you're going to say to the athletes in terms of the message of all right not everyone's going pro and playing in in the league whatever the league is in their respective sport But you can use that network to stay in sports and to have a professional career and doing something that you're passionate about and you love. And, you know, look, you wrote a tremendous book. I I read it cover to cover. It was great. Take the audience through network and, you know, how Syracuse helped you in terms of what you were able to do in getting a, a a leg up and a foot in the door as a trainer to all these greats in the NBA?
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I talk about in the book, how you know I, I used initially uh, the coaches there. Uh, some of the players went pro uh, that I played with. And like I said, I'm not kidding. When, when they first got out of college, I wanted to coach. That was my goal my coach at college. And Coach Bam made a call for me, a couple calls one being Seth Greenberg, I found that was a spot open. He made a call. When you get a call from Seth Greenberg, I mean, sorry from Jim Beheim, you're gonna take that call. Right? Of course. You need to listen, of course. And the big reason I walked out of Syracuse was it was funny in my speaking stuff. I talk about I was networking before I even knew what it was. I wanted to walk on because I knew if I played Division Two, that phone call might not you know carry the weight that right. Wow. You know, stuff. So that's the reason I walked out of Syracuse and. um and I knew that call would help. So they had made that call. Seth Greenberg hired me without even meeting me. He made a call. Seth was, i never forget, it was the land of Bahamas on vacation. And he said, you're hired. Right. And I drove to Tampa and I, I took the job. Wow. While being down there, I took the job at IMG. Uh, I, I left coaching. I went to IMG Academy, who I met through Seth Greenberg. And um, next, you know, I'm working guys out. Now I needed players, right? I called Troy Weaver. Troy, Troy says, let me make a call. He calls I Tell and B.J. Armstrong. B.J. Armstrong and Tell him, and Bob Myers have me full-time at the Media Group. So now I'm working for Bob Myers, Arn, B.J. B.J. gets Derek Rose. I get, um, I call Sonny Baccaro, I try to get an A, B, C, D camp. And that's my, my favorite story. I couldn't get an A, B, C, D because I was a phys ed teacher in my high school. And only people that work ABCD, people that know, don't know what that is, it's the best high school camp in America mm-hmm. at that point. Long story short, I want to get in touch with Sonny. He obviously wouldn't take my call because I teach the dodgeball for a living, right? <laughs> and uh, and I had no no credibility. So only guys that worked there were NBA coaches or guys maybe just got on fire, like Matt Dirty worked there when I got fired in Carolina. Um, so he wouldn't take my call. I get a fax number from Mike Hopkins. With a Syracuse, and now he's at Washington. I fax his uh house every night at dinner time, 70 straight nights. Holy and cow. His assistant, Bobby Hartstein, who was a Lincoln high school coach, gives me a call. He goes, e- Stop. You're in. You're in. Just stop calling Sonny. You're on what you're gonna do, but you're in. We'll see. We'll see you, feel like Dickinson, but stop. I go, thanks. I get in, I see Sonny, I'm nervous. He says, Who are you? I said, Rob McClanahan, I appreciate you letting me in. Oh, yeah. Damn, I am Trey Weaver, Tim Wells. All these guys call me. Jeez, I don't know what you're gonna do, but he wasn't hacked. This was not, he wasn't hacked. So that's where I met Kevin Love and Derek Rose. Trey Weaver makes a call for me a year later on telling Bob Myers, hiring me. Next thing I'm working on Derek and Kevin. Kevin says, Can I bring in my my uh my uh roommate? I said, Yeah, ooh, this guy Russ. <laughs> Didn't play too much last year, and uh, next thing you know, I have all three in the O A draft, and then I go on to have nine of the top 15 picks in the O A draft. And obviously, the better they did, um, you know, I get in Troy's now the assistant, uh, GM Oklahoma City. He says, Go work out with this guy, Rock. He says, A KD, no KD's in there because of my connection with Trey Waiver. So, the networking, you know, it's I, I love networking, I love talking to people. To me, it's a 24 7 job, it's not a nine to five, you know that, um. You know, and this is one thing I think I'm really good at, but I also consider it a skill. I you gotta work at it. And um you know, and, and that's kind of kinda of a full circle moment for me this Sunday. It's gonna be a lot of fun, but it's a it's an organic real story that right. you know, I think anybody can accomplish it if they if they work at
0: it. It's amazing. And I love that line too, and I hope that, you know, there are Or kids, high school, college age or out of college listening who appreciate networking is a skill in terms of Mm -hmm. how you do it, working at it, knowing what to say, who to talk to, the persistence in that story, Rob, I think, I think is amazing. So, you know, it's incredible. You think of that connection with with Kevin Love and Russ and KD you know, yeah. the Kevin Love connection that you guys have had, and obviously you you share a lot of things and, and bonds, and, you know, I think that that's amazing. I've always felt Kevin is one of the most underrated players in the last 20 years in the NBA. Even going back to the Minnesota days, he was putting yeah. up. Hall of Fame numbers, and then he does 30, his thing 30 30 100. Yeah, I mean, do you almost sometimes feel like he's very underrated in the court of public opinion?
1: Oh, yeah, I've been saying it for years, you know. And, and listen, he took he sacrificed in Cleveland, and I think everyone will tell you that he kind of you know built his way into you know the third guy there. And, and but without him, let's face it, they're not they're not winning it, no, and um. You know, and, and even this year, took a step back a little bit, knew his role as a six man, he's six man of the year. So Kevin's the kind of guy that, you know, he knows his role and sometimes a sacrifice, but he wants to win. You know, and I agree with you. I mean, the guy went to the Final Four. He was high school player of the year. He's got a ring. He's got a gold medal, right? Um, you know, he's been to, what, five finals, whatever it was, so... Yeah, I agree with you 100%, and I'm not being biased. I just think he's had a heck of a career, and and he's he's still going. I mean, his his efficiency this year, the last game of the year, what do you have, 32 points in 15 minutes? It's unbelievable, you know, what he's done. Um, And he's changed his game. He came in the the league with Rick Adelman and and those guys, and and he played at the the pinch post and the high post and the the low box, and he knew that he had to change his game a little bit as everything evolved, and and he did. And, and listen, he won a three-point shootout. Yeah, I'll never forget, he he surprised me because I was the first one to say, we need to improve your shot because this is what you do. His shot was actually already good. We just wanted to work on it more. Um, and he sent me the jersey we won the three-point shooter because he's you know, claims on the guy that really helped him get to that moment. And listen, it, yeah, we're, we're very close. And getting back to the network stuff, I always tell people, you know, these guys trusted me first off the court before they trusted me on the court. And that's a big thing. Just like if you wanted to be in the financial world, they're going to trust you outside the office before they trust you inside the office with their money, right? And that's how I approach it. I don't consider these guys my clients. These are my closest friends. I live in Chicago. Derek Rose's first three years because he wanted me out there. Um, you know, these guys are my good friends. If they didn't want to train me anymore, I don't, nothing would change. We'd still be friends. And, and, that, and that's the thing. Relationships are, are huge to me. It's long-term for me. Um, Kevin's my son's godfather. Mm. So, you know, it goes, it, it, it goes deep. It goes deep. And that's, to me, in any any business, anything you do in life, it's all about relationships, and you, you see the greatest coaches in the game have relationships with their players. You know the Popoviches, yeah, the Spokes, the Currs, right in the NBA. Those players love their coaches, right,
0: and that's and that's why they win. I think that's such a brilliant way to phrase it, and it's a hundred percent accurate. Take me through your relationship with Steph Curry, because I know at every turn when Steph has a chance to. Mention you, praise you. I know how much he values you. You know, I I loved him in Davidson. I wanted him on the Knicks in the worst possible way, and they were going to yeah. pick him. And then, I mean, the rest Jordan- is <laughs> Jordan Hill. I mean, don't, don't get me started, Rob. Don't, don't, don't get me started. When did They took you, Johnny Flynn before, Steph Curry. I got Johnny. Johnny Flynn. I mean, the Timberwolves passed on him twice. I mean, you can't make that up if you tried. When did you know? Was it at the beginning? I mean, we're talking about the greatest shooter in the history of the game. When yeah. did you know he could be that guy?
1: The question. I mean, it, it, it wasn't right away. No, and, and I got Steph, I would say, about – I don't know, maybe he's third game in the league and he wasn't an all star at this point. He had two bad ankles. You know, he signed a, a deal for 40 for a million. I remember everyone saying, why did he sign the deal? Well, people don't realize how bad his ankles were. So at least he had secured money for the rest of his life and he signed the deal. And then, you know, next thing you know, he comes to LA, we start working out and he did a forward in my book and he talks about it. You know, he's come to LA for a commercial shoot. His agent, Jeff Watson, called me and says, can you work out Steph for three days? So yeah, no problem. Bring him in. Now, at this point, I'd never met Steph. Never. And he comes into L.A., into my, my, my gym, and, and uh, he said, the first thing he says in the book is like, yeah, I'll never forget, I, I meet Rob, he gets on the court, he's guarding me, I missed a couple shots, and he's just talking smack. <laughs> like, Because right I, I, I knew this guy for five minutes, and he's telling me to go harder, I thought you could shoot, that was the rumors, I've seen you shoot, you can't shoot. And he couldn't believe, he says, a brash guy for Rhode Island, but right away we hit it off. And it's funny, because over the years, you know, I call guys out if they've been late or things like that. And I hold them accountable. And all those guys like that. I'm not that guy. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay you're late. No, no, big deal. No, why are you late? Any other job, <laughs> you'd be fine, right? So me and Steph hit it off. And next thing you know, he's flying me in and out. You know, we uh, Sam Fran, or went to London with him. I've been to Asia with him six, seven times on his uh, Under Armour Tours. And I would say about two or three years in, when, when everything started to click with the team, he started to get more confident in himself. Um, You know, Steve Kerr came in. There was that time when everything started to click. He could always shoot. We always knew that. But the thing that Steph, I realized with Steph is, he can do it in every way. You know, he's not just sitting there in the corner like some of these other guys. He's not that guy who's going to sit there and wait. He can do it off the dribble. Yeah. He can shoot a floater. He can shoot a 30-footer. He can shoot a 5-footer. So when I realized he could do it, I didn't know he had that all in his game. And I didn't know how much it would translate, quite honestly, to the NBA. It's a different game, as we all know. So different sport, in my opinion. You know, so I realized, I would say, you know, probably my second year training him, probably his fourth, fifth year in the league, when he started to really blossom and get confident. And listen, that culture they have to go and stay is because of him. Nobody else. It's because of Steph Curry. People don't realize how great of a human he is, number one, and how great of a teammate he is. And he is one of the nicest guys, sports or not, that I've ever been around in my life. And I don't know how he keeps that every single day, and how he stays so humble. But to me, that's a major, major thing. His humility, obviously, his play is fine, but that culture he's created there, you know, you know, is is second to none. He didn't he didn't have to recruit Kevin Durant. He didn't have to do that. But he knew Kevin's gonna help us win. I gotta sacrifice some shots here, okay? But we're gonna win couple of championships, right? And they did. So that culture is huge to me and it's all because of stuff.
0: Yeah, and not every athlete would do and the way you just phrased it almost like matter of fact, Rob, that 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 resonates because not every athlete at that level would ever do that. And Steph Curry, comfortable in his own skin. It was all about mm-hmm. winning, all about championships. And, you know, I know you were in New York when he set that record. I mean, that must have been for you. Oh. I, I mean, just your smile is, is is great. What's going through your mind as, as you recall that night? Uh, yeah, I mean, I
1: met up with Dell Curry before, like, 4 o'clock, a couple of drinks, and, uh, you know, we all had a little bit together. You know, kind of Steph's Steph's main. You know, there's like twenty people—some of his family, some of his close friends, obviously myself—and man, the energy in that building was like a game seven finals. It was it was unbelievable. So, you know, you know, for for me to be there, and this this was important to Steph, You know, and and it's funny because Steph is not to be cliche. He doesn't care about the records. He just wants to win. But this this meant something. Yeah, this meant you know, and and you know. For his dad to be there, you know, growing up around his dad and, you know, being in you know, Ray Allen and Reggie, it, this really meant something to him. And, to, you know, to be there in person, I had to, I had to be there. I don't care where it was. And, you know, I'm so glad he didn't get the record in Indiana. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that was set up, wink, wink. Um, but, you know, just being there. And then after, we kind of just hung out to, you know, um, at four or five in the morning, just hanging out, having a cigar, and just, just kind of reminiscing about everything that he's been through and going back to the bad ankles and, and, and waiting to get drafted and things like that. And, um, quick side note, we had a, we had a dinner at catch and, um, out of nowhere, Katie walked in.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And surprised the heck out of, um, Steph. We didn't know if he was going to be there, but the funny thing is I think Kevin lived like a block or two away and he was just kind of walking in this apartment from what I heard and someone said, hey, Steph's upstairs at catch. He's like, what? Steph's here? So Ke- Kevin just walked in and surprised everybody, surprised that game, a huge hug. So that was a pretty, really, really cool moment for everybody. But obviously, you know, Steph and, and, and Kevin have a have a history of winning and playing together. And for him just to show up like that was was really awesome.
0: What an anecdote. What was it like yeah. working out with with Kevin? Because, you know, and it's funny. I've talked to Frank Isola about this. I've talked to Ian Eagle about this. You know, I, I know Durant's great, right? And we all know Durant's great. I mean, he's like – he's on the Mount Rushmore to me of of freaks. When you look at his game and that rise and fire shot from the outside, the, the pure speed and power when he posts up down low, his court vision, I mean – He, What was it like working with him on his craft? Because he's just, and now, and I watched him in Golden State, but even now with the Nets and having it locally for me, it's such an appreciation of his greatness.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, he's my favorite guy I've ever worked out. In a sense, where skill-wise at least, um, there's nothing I can not do with him. So I'm going to work out. I can pick anything I want to do. We can work on pulse or We can work on floors. We can work 30, 30, on you know, 30-footers. Uh, it doesn't matter. So that he's the funnest guy to train because there's nothing I can't do with it. Mm-hmm. And he's seven foot. He, I know he's out, down at 6'11". He, he's, no, he's, he's
0: seven foot. He's seven foot,
1: yeah. yeah. Seven foot. And, and to, to to be able to train a guy at seven feet where I can – the same drills that I could train a guy at six feet, it's ridiculous, and
0: I mean, think also, about that for a second. So you're yeah. training Durant, a seven footer, same drills you would train someone like Derek Rose or Steph Curry oh, yeah. or Russ. That's unbelievable.
1: I, I, yeah, he'd be in that group a lot, you know. And we, and we would do all that same stuff that they were doing, you know. So, and the other thing about Kevin is he loves hoop, like he loves hoop, like he's that. You know, a lot of these NBA guys they love hoop, but then they go home and they're watching. Netflix, or, who, you know, whatever they're not watching the NBA. A lot of guys are like that. Kevin, that's all we talk about. You know, like, like you, you, know, you know, I'm the sports nut, and so yeah. you know, but, but Kevin, he's the same way. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk. He just loves basketball. He, he knows the history. And the other part is, you know, he works harder than anybody. He's one guy I had to turn down. Like I had to say, listen, he would fly local in the city once a month during the season. Wow. And we would just go work out at night. And we find a random gym because he didn't want OKC okay, to so know, really, that he was getting in extra shots because they would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So he would find me you know, all the time. we work out you know, constantly. And, um, you know, the, the greatest story I have about Kevin is, you know, Nike trip. This is a story I tell all the time about, about persistence and hard work. Long story short, we fly into Paris. And it was late, real late. Like the plane was screwed up or something. And we get in at like one in the morning into Paris. So Kevin, we're on the bus and going to the hotel. And he says, hey, listen, Let's get a workout in. I said, yeah, 9 a.m. tomorrow. It's all set up. Just, no, now. Nah. I'm on L.A. time. I'm work out right now. I said, okay. So I the Nike guys, if the guy wants a gym, figure it out. They were like oh, all shit. amazing. What am I? So they ended up getting a, a crap gym. And as far as I remember, it was, I think, Tony Parker's, like, club team high school gym. <laughs> and it was a horrible court. And R- me and Rich Kleiman and KD are uh, in there. And we're all, all you're kind of nervous, you know, from this court. It was the best workout I've ever had with him. He, it was 45 minutes, not, no water break, just hard, 45 minutes. I said, you want to water? No, let's go. Next job. Boom, boom, I had to be on my. Hey, it's 2 in the morning. I, I'm dead. I got I to be on it. And I don't think he, he probably made 95% of the shots. I'm not kidding. And then we got to the hotel. We ate something. Went to bed at four. We worked out at nine again. And I always tell people that one workout didn't make Kevin Durant. Him saying the same Kevin Durant with that workout. But when you do that all the time, right, that those add up will cost 15 years. And he's proven that now. And, you know, I speak of underrated, I think he's the most underrated guy maybe of all time. I mean, he's averaging 30 a game over from Achilles. He he's gonna he's gonna get close to, you know, I guess the bronze record coming up soon of scoring. I mean, he just you you could argue he's top five ever when it's all set done.
0: Right, and if that's the barometer, and I think that it is, I think that's the trajectory and that's the track. And, you know, I I will never stand for Kevin Durant hate. I'll never stand for – look, we're all romantic as sports fans, right? You know, you want him to stay in OKC, win a championship there. Or you value the athlete who says – Hey, I want to win a championship, and that's all I care that's- about. And I think that was kind of lost in the whole moving from OKC to Golden State for Kevin right. Durant. It, Rob, it was all about winning, winning championships, and multiple championships.
1: Yeah, and and, and everyone else has done
0: this. LeBron's done it, of course. He he built he,
1: super teams. So, so why did Kevin until for that? What's the difference? You know, and 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 that's what the, that's what it is now. And then Kyrie and and, Dur- and Durant and those guys went and Hardy went to Brooklyn and, and guys are teaming up now in Philly. Like it happens, you know. And, and I love these 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 guys that are retired saying, you know, Kevin Garnett said, you know, these super teams. I don't understand it. They're the ones that created it. Like KJ Ray created the super teams. That's right. So yeah. So when Kevin did it was kind of weird of the hate, you know. And it's, I think people, like you said, kind of missed out on why he did. He wanted championships and got to so i don't see. I don't, I don't understand it either
0: rob you're the best i mean everything you've been through love you and i appreciate okay. you sharing your story and i love these nba anecdotes and i know that the the listeners and the audience will as well enjoy speaking at syracuse this weekend my friend and we'll talk again real soon thanks
1: ab thanks having yeah, me i appreciate it man love you too
0: To another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Rob McClanahan. That was awesome. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM. Thanks to our listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can always catch me, of course, every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show. Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Sirius XM Podcasts.